What's up, y'all? The Bun Season 3 is brought to you by Vans, the original since 1966. And us as a skate community should be sincerely grateful that they brought us the Kyle Walker Pro Shoe. For the last week, I was wearing the all-black Pro Classic Old Schools. But I've got this quadruple kink round rail on my trick list for 2017. So I got to switch over to the Kyle Walkers. Donovan's making a push for Skater of the Year 2017. So you know we had to switch to the Kyle Walkers with that revolutionary waffle cup construction. The Kyle Walkers offer skateboarders the support of a cupsole without sacrificing any grip and board feel of the traditional vulcanized shoe. You know they've got that ultra cush HD cushioning and the Duracap durability. With the Kyle Walkers on my feet, I'll be picking up my Sodi Award from Phelps in no time. And now, live from Studio E, The Bunt with Safer and Donovan. It's a new dawn, it's a new say, it's 2017, and we gonna be okay. Yo, that's good, listeners. <laughs> yeah, I'm dead these days still. You know what I'm saying? The booze is still coming out my pores, you smell me? But uh, starting tomorrow, we going sober for a month and a half. Gonna be on that board, gonna be on that ball court. It's really good, Don's. It's 2017, baby. Anyways, y'all already know what it is. The ghost, Don Jones in the building. And it's one behind the scenes. <laughs> it's the bun, baby, 2017. It's a cool ting, still. Let's get it. Y'all know what it is. It's episode three. We got Chad Dixon in the building. Been a minute since we had someone live in studio E, so uh, you know the beers were flowing for this interview. Then we're going to hit y'all with the rundown. And even, uh, you know, I'm fresh off my Centennial Classic experience. Slide a little NHL minute in there and finish it up with the post office. Everyone's favorite. But before we get into the interview, make sure y'all like us on Facebook at The Bunt. Follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live. And definitely send in them questions to TheBuntLive at gmail.com. So hyped up my main man in the building this week, Chad Dixon. One of my best friends. Love him to death. He lives on the West Coast, but we didn't want to force it and do it online styles. Waited for him to come home for the holidays so we could really get it turned up in Studio E. You know what I'm saying? Cracking them PBRs left, right, and center. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as we did. Hopefully it isn't too uh, inside joke heavy. If you grew up skating in Canada, you definitely know the name Chad Dixon. The man's had many covers and video parts over the years. And if you don't, you definitely need to hit up YouTube and check what this man does on the board. Currently riding for DGK, Nike, LRG, Gold, Diamond, Menu Skate Shop, and our homies, PBR. The list goes on. Let's get into the interview. Alright y'all, we back. We finally uh, convinced the guests to come into Studio E. You know, we got stuck doing mad uh, internet interviews, but we got Chad Dixon in the building right now. What's good, dog? Chilling, man. Thanks for having me. So stoked. <laughs> Hell yeah. Alright, so you probably know how this goes. Favorite skate moment and favorite sports moment to start it off. It's not actually a skate moment where, I don't know, tricks have like gone down. It's more the people. Like I, re- I remember... 
it only happened maybe once or twice, but just the people that we're skating with was like Safe of Benson, oh, Morgan God. Smith, Josh Clark, and Fat Midget, Mitch Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'll never forget this just because all of us skating together, it wasn't about the tricks going down. It was about all of us having fun and like joking, yeah. like just being able to skate and not like judge one another like well maybe in a joking way but i mean like <laughs> as a pure vibe thing exactly and then i'll never forget that like it was actually the best moment in my life all of us together skating because it was so sick and hell yeah turn up i mean i was probably killing it that was probably part of the reason why you were so hyped <laughs> yeah well, skating at the time. yeah like i have allergies and i was sneezing the whole time because you're just skating the dust off you but <laughs> But Mitch Barrett's <laughs> FaceTiming me right now. Oh, my God. My oh, my that. God. Should I? Yeah, real quick. Yeah, real okay. quick. Put, put him up to the mic. The infamous Canadian skate midget's been trying to get on the show, but you know he's, what I'm saying? He's been on a couple times, a couple audio notes these days. I, I don't know I don't know if his tiny little frame could like reach the mic, you know, <laughs> sitting in an adult chair. Yo, boo-boo. Yo, what's up? Yo, I'm fresh on the mic right now doing the bun interview. Yeah. <laughs> FaceTiming two people at once. Jesus Christ, it's yeah. Ian What Twa. up? Sefa and Dono right now. <laughs> What's good? The studio B? Yeah. Yo, is that studio one? one? <laughs> yo, Twa, you drunk bastard. Get the step in, yo. Saying your interview. Oh. They disconnected. All right, yo, put your phone on airplane mode. We ain't got time for that shit. Yeah. All right, mo- moving right along, yo. Obviously, I was a part of your favorite skate moment. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Favorite sports moment? Bigger. I can see his head getting even bigger. <laughs> his tooth's falling off the top. <laughs> All right, favorite sports moment. Let's hit it. Okay, uh, with sports, I'm kind of up and down with sports, but I'm a big golfer. I love golf. So anything that like John Daly does, mm. down. I'm always, yeah. Got the it's always too. a good moment every single time. So yeah, I'm yeah. back, John Daly. Hell yeah. All right, so uh, how did you find skateboarding growing up on a farm, and uh, how did it change your life? Well, actually, I uh, I went to the Yukon like when I was ten years old for my grandma's funeral, and my one cousin and like my best friend, he just started skateboarding, and I just looked up to him, and I just did everything mm-hmm. I I could to like be like him, and so I figured I was like maybe if I skateboard, he'll think I'm cool or whatever. So after the funeral, and I went back to Ontario, I got my dad to get me a skateboard for my my birthday and I just practiced nonstop every day. Actually, I, I, it took me forever to like learn how to kickflip. Like it was like two years. But when I went back to the Yukon, he didn't even skate anymore. So it was like, <laughs> and I was like, wait, did I just waste my time or something? And like, but it was, it was like something. It was like, it was like a drug. Like I just got yeah. addicted to it right away where I was like, okay, this is amazing. And I just stuck to it. I just, I just kept on doing it. But the thing was, I lived out outside of London, Ontario in the middle of nowhere where I, I yeah, had no cement roads, nothing like that. So I had to build my own stuff where I went to my neighbor's place and stole like sheets of plywood that were like eight by tens. And I just kind of put a couple in a row where I can try to skate my flat ground or like a flat bar or something like that. And I just stuck to it and I had no skate videos or anything. So it was hard for me to know what skateboarding was even like or tricks or like, I didn't know what switch was even for like three years or four years. When I found out what switch skating was, I actually hated it. (laughs) <laughs> because like I wanted to quit skating, like, like now I gotta go, it, now I gotta go backwards. For exactly, everything. yeah. Because this is a thing for real. Like yeah, it was, it was so pissed because I, 
I went to this place that everybody skated at in uh, St. Thomas, Ontario. And uh, my friend Justin Ireland stats was doing like nollie trays, switch trays and like, and I was just like, he's doing this all the wrong way. Then I found out what that actually was. And I was like, I, I wanted to go home and cry. I was like, <laughs> I put all my time and effort to learn how to do a, a gross ass three flip. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And I got to learn this all over again where it's like, yeah, I did so bad in school. Like how the fuck am I going to learn this? So like, <laughs> like, but, uh, I don't, I, I stuck to it. Like I actually, I lucked out my, my neighbor had a big barn where they kept all their tractors, but they kept a clean little spot to actually let me skateboard in where I got to build. Like I learned how to weld when I was like seven years old. Jesus. So my dad was a welder and everything. So he taught me how to weld. So I was like welding flat bars and like rails and all that shit and like built my own boxes with angle iron. And I just kind of turned that into a training facility where I taught myself everything where it's like, all the close homies, like they know where I set the camera, yeah. like on the side, like Morgan Smith. And, like, oh. Film myself. Oh. <laughs> you're, you're talking 20 years ago. He's talking 20 minutes. Yeah, no. All I said, I love you, Morgan, but like, Safe just told me this, like that you do that. So I just, yeah. Don't yeah. throw me under the bus. <laughs> Facts. Oh, fuck you, cuz. But like, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> so I, I'd film myself like learning shit all the time, and then that's how I kind of progressed. Yeah. Where it's like when I got the skate videos and watched them over and over again, I try to teach myself those tricks in the barn. Where it's like, yeah, I was a fucking loner, but like, <laughs> I got the skate because that's what kept me out of trouble. And yeah. like, yeah. And cows giving you cheering for your shitty ass. Oh weapon. fuck yeah, yeah! But they're like they weren't even saying boo. They're saying boo. <laughs> <laughs> your broken neck prick. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, so I guess somehow you got good in that barn, and then you exploded onto the scene back in the day. Everyone was whispering about Chad. Yo, he did this here. He did this there. Uh, my question is, why are you so trash now? <laughs> Nope. Just, kidding, just, kidding. just kidding, just well, kidding. First of all, <laughs> thank you, Chetapis. I uh I appreciate that. But uh yeah, I don't know. It, it I don't know. Now I'm just kinda Don't worry, don't answer that. Don't <laughs> we all get older, we all you know. Oh hell yeah. Jeez, I'm so clean because I'm so fucking washed up. <laughs> <laughs> um, my real question but, is uh, how'd you first get hooked up, you know, from the barn to, to riding for DC and shit? That's kind of wild. Oh, shit. Well, after, uh, yeah, I was riding for John Deere for a bit. And then... Uh, <laughs> a couple the, bales of hay a month. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep you warm out there, well, dog. We got to make a living somehow, dog. Okay, so when I was 17 years old, I got hooked up by um, this skate shop, Edge Sports, and then Premium Wood Skateboards. Once I, yeah, I realized that like you can get free stuff for doing something you love, that's when I like yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going for this. I'm like, I'm doing it. I didn't know how I'd go, but it was like all about meeting the right people, and it like it all, it all just like fell into place because of luck. Because I, one of my friends introduced me to this guy that worked for Much Music that was a filmer. Then he filmed skateboarding on the side. And then he introduced me to this director of, he was like, um, kind of like an independent, like short film, like kind of guy. Like he wanted to do uh, like a, a video about skateboarding. He's never done skateboarding before. And uh, he wanted to go out to Vancouver and film this like short film. And I got to meet this guy. And then he wanted me to be a part of this where I'm like acting and all that stuff. And like, that's how I met Dustin Monty and like all those other dudes and like Jarvis Nigelski and everything. And your, like, li your life went downhill from there. Right? And like, oh yeah, like I, I, th I thought you could, yeah. Once you met Dustin, it was over. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just, just beginning to the end. <laughs> no, but it, yeah, I became like best friends with him right away. It's like, 
but he was so short. So it's like that expression. It's like, I always looked up to you, but he was so short. I'm like, so how the fuck do I say this to you? <laughs> like, oh. But I, yeah, I loved him. Like we got along so good. And then he, he took me under, I can't even say that. Under his wing. <laughs> yeah, under, I'd have to fucking lie down and go under his wing. <laughs> but like he, he took me in his wing and then uh, <laughs> helped me out with everything. If it wasn't for him, I would not be where I'm at today. So I went back to Ontario after we did this video and two weeks later, I got a phone call from him and he's just like, yo, he's like, I'm coming out to Ontario and like, uh, I'd like need a place to stay and doing, I'm going to this like contest or whatever. So he came out and I was like super hyped because before I even met him, I actually had photos of him like on my walls and shit. Jeez. And so he came out and we chilled for a bit, went skating. And then after that, he asked, he's like, dude, like, why don't you come out to Vancouver and like kick it? And mm-hmm. I don't know, like try to make something of skating. Cause you have talent and everything. And so I just, I said, screw it. I, I just went back and then, yeah, 13 years later, I'm still there. And I kind of, I don't know, the whole skateboarding thing just kind of took place from moving to Vancouver. Like if it wasn't for Vancouver, I'd probably, I'd be still on the farm milking cows and shit. <laughs> You've had some of the worst luck of all time. Can you take us down memory lane on some of your unluckiest moments in life? Yeah, that's a funny one because especially, well, the, the people that know me best, they know that like, I don't know, it's, it's almost like I'm a curse, like a curse to myself because it honestly started when I was four months old. We we're at a restaurant and a waitress spilled like a kettle of hot burning tea on me. And like, I got like second degree burns from like my neck down to my thighs. Yeah, and I was in the hospital for 14 weeks and like just through, it to put my family through like a lot of just like stress and like all that shit, obviously. But it, I swear, it just, it just happened from there. And then as I got older, like I always <laughs> kept on breaking bones and like this, like, like stupid small shit. And, uh, well, obviously everybody knows about the car accident where I got hit by the car and like almost died. And, but there was one time I, I was living in Abbotsford, BC and, we're at a, uh, my place actually at a party and I was trying to take a, a piss off a two-story balcony on a chair and then the chair gave out from me and I did a flip off the balcony and uh, my friends found me like four hours later, pat like knocked out on the ground. Like, Jesus. And yeah, I like woke up in the hospital and I, I screwed up my back so bad I wasn't able to skate for eight months. And then from there, I just kept, kept on going on where it's like I had, uh, well, that I had a like the cancer scare, lots of people know about that, but they don't really know the whole story because that's a part of like the bad luck thing where it was just doctors. They didn't know what the hell they were talking about because I had these lumps on the back of my neck for like six months and they're solid rocks. So they, they like automatically said it was like I had lymphoma and like, that was just like a part. I was like, Oh great. Something else to add to my, my crazy stuff. And, but like, yeah, it was just, it was just all of them like screwing up and not really looking at the ultrasounds and ultrasounds. It showed up like it was cancer and it wasn't. And so I went a full month thinking I had lymphoma. Like they told you the doctor straight up told you you had cancer fully. Like I got a call from my doctor and they're like, yeah, we just got your ultrasound results back. Like, can you please come like see us like ASAP? So I was already on the sky train. I was like, okay, well shit, it's right beside the sky train. So I got off a couple stops, went in and then they're like, so Chad, like this is like really, it's never easy for a doctor to say this, but like yeah. you have lymphoma. 
And I'm like, hey, I was like, what the hell is lymphoma? Because that just sounds like not appealing at all. Like it's just like, and, and then when she told me what it was, like it was honestly, it's like, it's not like you see your whole life flash before your eyes, but it's like you think about your whole life for however long it's going to last, like what you're going to do and like all that shit. So you just kind of ignore whatever the fuck she's saying. And then right away, I was just like, okay, well I'm dying. So first thing I did was call my girlfriend and she came and picked me up and I was just like, I had to like break the news to her. And it was like, I don't know. I'm not a cry or anything, but I broke the fuck down and I was like, shit. And uh, so I went through like all this stuff. Like we had to go for like meetings with the doctors and like my mom flew out and they did like try to prepare us for like what to expect. Mm-hmm. And like, they're like, yeah, so you like, your son has this, like, like we can like start him with chemo and all that. And it was, it was just like a really like rocky, like emotional fucking state of my life where I didn't know what the hell was going to happen. And, and of course, on top of that, uh, while I was going through it, my girlfriend tells me that she's pregnant. Jesus. So I'm like, okay, so I'm like, I'm going to die and have a kid. Like, this is just, Jesus. this is like, why am I getting Christ. shit on right now? Yeah. It's, so it's like at the same time where it's like, you're supposed to be happy when you find out you're having a kid mm-hmm. and like all this, but well, not if you just yeah. found out you're dying. Yeah, exactly. So I was just like, well, I'm like, I don't know. We don't want to get an abortion or anything. Like, it'd be nice to have this, but like, it was a hard decision for like everything. And I got like my cat scan done and everything like that. And then we went in for that final, like final meeting. And then they're just like, so we found out you don't have lymphoma, but we don't know what you have. And I was actually supposed to go in six months later to find out what the fuck I had. And I never gone since, but that was like, that was like, honestly, like if that wasn't a woman that told me that I would have punched him in the fucking face. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, for sure. Fuck. Oh yeah. That, Wait, so how many you, months after was that? It was a, a full month. Oh, yeah. So picture you live your, with your, that for like for a month? one month that you think you're going to die Where it's just like, I have the worst fucking luck ever. And before that, because I kind of jumped to different stories uh, when I was 21, everybody already thought I had cancer. And like, I always, I seen fucking comments and stuff like YouTube videos and everything. Like I always had a toucan because, and everybody thought I bit my head or they're just like, Oh yeah, this fucking, this dude's like, has cancer or something was uh, because when I was 21, I got a bacterial infection from an abscess tooth. So that made it. So I lost all my hair from like my top, of my head to my toes. So I was completely bald for like five years Jeez. because of a fucking tooth. I didn't take care of no pubes, like nothing. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, like wipe my ass so clean. And you fucking, <laughs> Chill it. <laughs> like, I, actually, I had never, I never knew that. Yo, can, it, I, can I infect myself somehow? <laughs> I'm trying to get what? that. Yeah, I'm just, trying to get that one way. Yeah, thing. Just, <laughs> just drink Pepsi. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So I, I lost all my hair. It started off in like patches where it looked like crops, like crop circles, and then it just kind of progressed its way to being fucking one big bald spot, and then it just went from where I had to bick my head to kind of blend it all in mm-hmm. to where I didn't have to bick my head again. And then I lost my eyebrows and my facial hair, then like armpit hair, and then like, Jeez. yeah, fucking everything else. And, and I didn't know what the hell was. I would seen hair specialists, everything. They couldn't tell me what the fuck was going on. And then they thought it was alopecia, which alopecia you're born with. And that's like a hair loss kind of yeah. like not actually like a disease, but it's more like something you're born with. You, there's no cure for it or anything. So I thought I was fucked. I was like, well, how did I go like 21 years of my life with a full head of hair, thick eyebrows, no facial hair. I'm fucking native, but like, and like all that shit and also just lose my hair one day where 
I just kind of live my life where I'm like, okay, screw it. I have no hair. That's it. So I'm going to wear my toque in the fucking hottest day of summer with like, that's over my eyebrows and everything because I didn't have any. And I was just super self-conscious about it. And, and then one day it was actually, I came back to Ontario and my tooth got so infected, it blew up the side of my face where I couldn't even see out of my eye or anything. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get this thing ripped out of my fucking head. Like, yeah. screw this. Got that tooth pulled out. No word of a lie. I was with John Hanlon and he was there. Hair started growing on my head the next day. Wow. Just like that. Like I was like sprouting. I look like a fucking chia pet. Like it was just like starting to grow. And I'm like, I'm going to water this bitch. Cause it's like, <laughs> put it under the, under the light. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, light. Oh shit. And then Uh-oh. it took a long time for the girl back. Like I got a, I got a weird thing. If I start stressing out, my eyebrows start falling out and like, but my hair, like, now I have a full set of hair. I'm fucking stoked. And like, I was just going to say your hair came back nice, but so your, full, your eyebrows yeah. barely made it. Still. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I look like I just got fucking, I don't know, like one of those drunk prank fucking shaving shit <laughs> like last night or something. It sucks where it's uh, just doesn't really suit my fucking face, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just, it's like all around answer the question. Fucking full life of bad luck. Holy some hey man, calls. Hey, you alive, yo. Yeah. You alive. So yeah. let's just cheers to that, eh? Yeah. Oh, exactly. Anyone yeah. need a fresh PBR? We good? Back to skating a little bit. Tell us about the couple close calls you had to turn full uh, American Am. Oh, well, to answer your safest question, it was before I became a douchebag. <laughs> I, uh, I, that, that was like another thing. It was like a part of luck where I just... My sponsoring video kind of got like shipped around and I just got random phone calls and people were stoked and I got on Zoo York through uh, Raj Mera. He hooked that up and he like he was the one. He actually helped out lots at the beginning. Like he gave my video to like the like the head dudes like for Zoo York like mm-hmm. like direct. And those guys started calling me and I was just like, holy shit, like I just I'm just a kid that like Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really know anything about the skate world like i didn't i don't know it, it was it was also new to me and everything and it was just like really intimidating where i was almost scared because i i'm afraid of change and all that shit uh they hit me up and they're like hey well okay so am getting paid's going on in montreal and the whole york team is coming down so we'd love to meet you and then you travel with us for two weeks and see what like how you guys like get along and everything like that and um but like never any mention of like yeah, hang out with these dudes and like maybe you can like turn am or something. Yeah. And yeah, so like go to the contest, skate it. I uh, killed it, landed like one trick <laughs> and like more than safer. But uh, yeah, I was there. Yeah, and- I remember that shit. <laughs> Young Westgate, yo, before he was like a legend. But no, exactly. Continue, yeah. continue. So I got to meet these guys right away and they're all so cool. Like, um, yeah, it was like Matt Miller, like me and him became like really tight. Westgate, he was only 17. And like not even like able to buy beer. So like in the hotels, like I would go buy him beer at the, the shit like that. Like that's like my claim to fame. Like it's uh, like okay, my Westgate beer, beer, like one beer, like a little fellow. Like, but, uh, and like Aaron Suski, like that guy was fucking such a G and like, like Ron Daly, Zared Bassett, like all those dudes. So I got to like travel these guys for two weeks. And just because like, I don't know, like, like I think I was just really just so fucking such a space cadet where I didn't like acknowledge that these guys are like world famous skateboarders where I was such a skate nerd. I just focused on skating. That's all I wanted. Mm -hmm. But at the same time I could still have conversations with them and shit. And like, that's like what lots of people's biggest deal breakers are is like, they can't communicate and like 
function with other people around, especially if they're famous. Like it's really intimidating, but I just, I didn't really have that. Like I could just talk and then, and then I can like talk through my skateboarding too, where we skated all these demos. We did like a shitload of demos, like all in like the Eastern side of Canada. And I, I guess I, I just did what I did and I like skated and I turned out to be like, they were impressed and they're stoked. And they flew me back to, uh, to Vancouver and I got a phone call from like the, the head team manager, uh, Seamus, uh, I can't remember his last name, but he was just like, he's like, Hey, like I want to talk to you about some stuff. Everybody was really impressed on like the way you were, the way you skated, everything. Uh, we want to start paying you and we want to make you like Xerox new am. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm like, this was before like DC even started painting me and stuff. Like I was blown away. Like I was so stoked. And so I started getting checks, everything like that. And then like Chaz Ortiz was on tour with us too. Yeah. I remember he and was like, like, I'm getting paid too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he was flow. He was only flow. And like, I was just like, damn, I was like, I just got am. I'm like, <laughs> like this dude's like fucking, yeah, whatever. He's rich as fuck now. But, uh, <laughs> so I, I was like the new am like, they're like, uh, like hyped me up and all this shit. And I was really pumped and especially like, well, cause Matt Miller was like, I was always been a fan of him. Like before he was even like Zork am shit too. Mm-hmm. Like I just always follow his shit. And then me and him clicked actually really well. And, uh, I was just like super hyped to be a part of something where I know I can get along with everybody, but things kind of screwed up because they were sending me 20 boards like every month. Whew. It was fucked. Like I would get 20 boards, a paycheck, everything. But then it, it got to the point where I was living in Abbotsford, BC at this point, And, they would send my boards to the skate shop out there, but I wouldn't have to pay for my boards because they'd go through customs. And so I'd have to like pay for it where it's like, I, like I, I, I can't afford this. I'm only making $200 a month. Yeah. Like where it's like, <laughs> Fuck. holy shit. And so you had to pay like the, the duties or something. Yeah. 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 Sometimes so, that shit's actually expensive. It, it always varied too. It was yeah. re- like really weird because they do it by weight or they do it by something else. So it was like, it, it was always up and down where it's like I had no money where the skate shop had to pay yeah. for it and like I had to pay him back or like give him some boards or oh. something. So I talked to him. I was like, hey, I'm like, okay, well, I can't afford this and can we do something else? So what they did was send my boards from Montreal and they'd send all my shit there and then they'd like my checks and then they would send it to me so I didn't have to pay for it. And the chick that was doing this York shit, I'm not going to say any names, but she was a fucking retard and she honestly, she would send me boards like once every like six months and then I would get my checks like whenever the fuck she wanted Yeah, and it really fucked me over for everything. Like I could have lost friends and everything because I was like, I had to pay rent and all this. And I'm like, well, this is what I'm supposed to live off of everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just couldn't take it anymore. So I just said, I was like, well, you know what? I'm young, whatever. If skateboarding is meant to be, then something will happen. So I quit. And I quit that and I was like, fuck it. And yeah. Well, the rest is pretty much history. Like it, it kind of, there was rumors that I could have uh, made an am for expedition, but it's not a hundred percent. Matt daughters hit me up when I quit to go for our other, me and safe is fucking board company. Uh, fucking red star, baby. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. He hit me up about that. And then there were, yeah. Wade told me that there was like a possibility that, that they wanted me to like, you know, they, they, they could have like, throw me like the runner up next for am like after like Spenny and all that shit. So it was, Damn. yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of tragic, but a <clears throat> couple close calls, yo tragic. Just like your life. Like Safa, you look like you're black, but you're actually white. <laughs> tragic. <laughs> 
So with all that said, do you have any regrets on not making it further? Or are you happy with everything you've gotten from skateboarding and uh, continue to get? Well, that's like, uh, it's almost an easy question to answer because sure, I didn't make millions or get like crazy famous and stuff, but I got to meet all my friends and as like corny as it sounds, I got to meet you, got to meet <laughs> Dono, got to meet like all these guys. So it's just like, I got rich off of friends, just meeting all these new people because it was like, I was like, I, I was the shyest person in the world and skateboarding broke me out of my shell where I will never have like a regret on things I did. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, partying kind of took over and that really, I don't know if, if I wasn't partying so much, I think things definitely could have been different. But other than that, it was just kind of, it made me the person that I am today. I got a beautiful girlfriend, the best friends in the world and like the most perfect son. So I'm stoked. Not one regret. That's some real talk, blood. So skateboarding does for you, eh? All right, so we about to unveil a new segment up on the bunt, and you're going to be the lucky first one to give it a shot. We're going to call it story time. The floor is yours, my man. Tell us a story, skateboarding, anything you want, dog. Oh, Dustin Monty, <laughs> I'm sorry, dog, but your ass is getting called out. Uh, okay, so I live with Dustin Monty forever. I love him. He's like my little brother, little fucking AKA Cabbage Patch, AKA fucking Midget, AKA fucking Lieutenant Dad, AKA Kid Rock. <laughs> uh, so me and him lived together for a bit and like he got like fucked up for a couple days and it was like drinking and then he was on Tinder and this is like when I first started dating my girlfriend that I have a kid with now. Uh, this, it was the funniest shit. Like some people might just be like, ah, oh, whatever. But like, oh, I'll never forget it. Uh, so he met this chick on Tinder and he was like talking with her and everything. And like, he's like super fucking hammered. And like, uh, he's like telling this chick, he's like, yeah, come over to my place. Cause like, you didn't want to go anywhere or anything. It's a Sunday night. And, uh, she's like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll bring a bottle of wine. Like think it's going to be like casual and nice. And I'm getting ready to go to my girlfriend's place. And as I'm like, almost like walking on the door, she like comes in and like, like I was kind of walk by i was like hey how you going like whatever and go to the door and then she just like but i, I kind of want to see the reaction that like because i knew money was wasted i just want to see what <laughs> happened she stopped looked at him and he's like how's it going I'm like ah. and she's like um she's like nope i'm not doing this and then just turned around and left <laughs> and like i oh. fucking laughed i went down to my knees i was still taller than him but i was like laughing so fucking hard <laughs> and like holy shit it was yeah, oh. best fucking stories that, that I know personally. It's she yeah. just peeked her head in, eh? Oh yeah. <laughs> Poor oh, she's like, yeah, the first thing she said, she's like, Where's the rest of ya? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Dustin's getting uh, he's getting ripped up. I love you little shreds, guy. man. I think that was a success, yo. Story yeah. time's popping. Might have to stick around, eh? <laughs> All right, so you referenced it a little bit in the last question. You and Saifa were lucky enough to be teammates on uh, a powerhouse Canadian uh, board brand known as Red Star. Had some other good Canadian homies. Uh, Grant was on there. Cody Brown was on there. Red Star was going to give you a board at one point. Uh, what happened there? 
Oh, shit. Well, I had to quit because Safe was so graphics, jealous. The graphics <laughs> weren't up to snuff? Well, kind of a dick move on my part. All respect to Paul Macnow and Dan Opeck. Those guys fucking like, I don't know. They, they honestly just, they, they did us a favor by like hooking us up with like, like me, Cody and Safe just hanging out. It was yeah, like yeah. more like they're paying for us to hang out, which was <laughs> the best fucking thing ever. But um, their original plan was the, they already had like the, the pro boards for Grant and Macnow. And their original plan was to turn me and Trep Pro at the same time. We're just going to fuck. Like, Trap should have been pro of fucking the beginning. Off the hop, yeah. Yeah, and for me, but they want to just, like, do both of us at the same time and throw, like, a little party for us and all this shit, and I feel like the biggest piece of shit for, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I was down. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, let's do this. Like, it's fucking, yeah, I'm going to be pro finally, all this shit, and, like, <laughs> this washed up fuck, and, like, and then also, <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, I can just milk it and yeah. cut out. Uh, like, Ain't much to milk, but. And, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the powerhouse brand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, straight up. I was so looking forward to just having this pro board because it's like every kid's dream is to, to have like their name on a board and everything. Like I never really thought I came like I was this kid that came from like nothing mm-hmm. and that's why it's did you so good. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but uh, I uh, yeah, I came from nothing and then I just never really thought I'd have a name on like on a board or anything like that. And once I kind of got like the opportunity thrown at me to become a pro skater, even though it was Canadian, whatever, who gives a shit, tomato, tomato. I was going to have my fucking name on a board and I was like yeah. down. Yeah. And we talked about this for a little while and like they already made me in Trep's pro model. Like they like made her graphics, everything showed us. And I just recently went to China and I was in China for like a month. But before I went, I was in Montreal and Garrett Louie hit me up. And he's like, yo, like Time Bomb just got DGK and like me and G-Man have been like homies since like day one of me fucking living in like Vancouver. And I've known him for years and he's always had my back no matter what. It was in his best interest was to like, this guy rides for me for LRG. I want him to ride for DGK through Time Bomb. And like, not just because me and him were tight. He just, he kind of like seen me as like becoming something else. Yeah. And he offered me like, he's like, dude, I'm like, yeah, you got that whole Red Star thing, but it's like, if you ride for DGK, I will give you a paycheck. And like maybe later on down the road, we can do like kind of like Mike McDermott thing, like uh, International. International Pro Board. And so from there, I'm like, okay, well, shit, now I'm going to have to like do the waiting game and like wait for that or whatever. I thought about it for a little bit. So I went to China. Like I, I went there with like five Red Star boards, five DGK boards. KO boards have always been the best too. So it was like after I broke the Red Star boards, I started riding those. And then I, I, like, I just felt like, well, I've always been dirty as fuck. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I'm like, I just, I just really thought it was a really hard decision because I just kind of felt like I wasn't even, even letting Dan or Macnow down. I was like letting like Safa, Cody, Trap, fucking all those dudes. Yeah. And like Grant, especially like I'm letting those guys down because I am going to not sell it. Oh, yeah, fucking sell it for sure, actually. Yeah. <laughs> not really sell it. It's like $200 like yeah. <laughs> a month. Like, oh, my God. Like, give me an extra board. I'm stoked. I don't give a wait, fuck. Wait, wait. You weren't getting paid on Red Star? But, uh, well, yeah, that was the thing. Like, it was the checks were kind of wonky where it's like, like, yeah, I'll fucking pay you like every month and everything. And it was kind of like, 
Yeah, I just so you're just paying me in bullshit. Like, is that? <laughs> <laughs> what about what about you guys went on like a bunch of sick trips? Oh yeah, like, yeah, Kitchener and shit. Honestly, right? uh, <laughs> <laughs> a couple of those those summer roadies. But, Kitchener, it, people don't know about that geography. Though. It's like, yeah. Hold on, Donald, explain that for for the people. <laughs> Well, well, I guess actually for Chad living in Vancouver, it wasn't that yeah, bad. Yeah, that's a like, trip. I'm like, oh, I'm a yeah, five-hour like, flight. Yeah, I'm like, going to Ontario. It's yeah. like, wait, wait, we're not going to TDOT. <laughs> we're going like Kitchener. Where is yeah. Kitchener? Yo, it's like north of here. It's uh, children. It's yeah. a 15-minute Greyhound ride for Safa. <laughs> 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 yeah, Sa- Saifa uh, and uh, Saifa, Grant and Cody got the short end of that stick, man. Oh yeah. yeah. No, we we went on a trip to Cali. And yeah, we went to Vegas. Oh no, you didn't come to Vegas. Well, I was in Cali, but I had to. Yeah, come yeah. Home you for- had to bounce. You had to go to like fucking. The budget wasn't there. Something man. stupid. No, the budget was there. <laughs> I was in university. Yeah. I had to. Uh, I had to come home to write an exam, which I was supposed to study for on the trip, which I obviously didn't. Oh yeah, you're studying twerking the or classic. something. <laughs> you're like, yeah. <laughs> no, I came home early, missed the Vegas portion of that trip to fail my exam. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, you must have studied hard. Shit. <laughs> Anyways, back to the story. Seffler. I had this pro board in the works. Uh, I felt really guilty. Well, I just had guilty thoughts because I was just like, fuck. I'm like, am I going to fuck over? Because I, I considered actually MacDow and OPEC a really good friend. Mm-hmm. They they helped me out lots. They were actually like the dopest dudes. Like Dan is probably the funniest fucking kindest dude in the world. I just felt guilty because... Even though, like, I was kind of doing this, like, if I was going to make the switch to DGK, I was doing this for my own best interest, but I just didn't want to fuck over friends. Yeah. And especially, it's a, a Canadian company, and that did more than any Canadian company has ever done. Was like, they flew us all out, fucking, like, all over the Ontario, and like. <laughs> 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 and, uh, <laughs> Ajax, Pickering, Whippy, you name it, dog. Yeah, name yeah, it. we were there, yeah. We did a de- demo in fucking Kitchener, then we like <laughs> flew out to Kitchener and then fucking like. <laughs> it was sick. It was a uh, trip. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and um, I, okay, I, I didn't know what to. So it was honestly like two weeks. I had to make a decision because they were flying out to Vancouver and they were going to do like a pro party for me and Grant, or me and uh, Trep. And I was stressing because like I'm not the kind of guy that like will like to fucking start some kind of conflict like of anything. Like yeah. I'm yeah, I'm like sure whatever I can talk a lot, but I like to get along with everybody. And like the only shit talking I'm doing is all jokes and everything. It was a really shitty moment, but. I kind of avoided them like it was a psycho girlfriend where it was like they kept on calling, emailing, texting, and I just avoided them. Or it was like I didn't know how to quit. I was just like I have I have to quit this. Like I ended up quitting the day before like they wanted to have like my pro board party. Like it was so shitty. And I just made the decision. I was like, you know what? I'm doing this for myself. I'm like, fuck it. So I just sent an email and I was like, I'm sorry, but like this is happening. And obviously they're really pissed off. I ended up losing like two of the closest people like in my life at that time, friendship wise. And it really sucked. It was hard for me because it was like, okay, well they live in Ontario. I'd never see him anyway. So I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. Well, McNeil lives in BC, but I never really seen him anyways. So I made the decision. I was like, fuck it. I'm doing this for me no matter what quitting. And 
I was like, you know what? I'm fucking like best friends with like Saifa and Cody and Grant and like I'll see them anyways. Yeah. Like no matter what, it's not like I'm going to never talk to him again. So I just said, fuck it. I'm quitting. Not going to care about the pro board and I'm just doing this for myself. And then I'll, eventually maybe I'll get a pro board with DGK International or whatever. And um, yeah, where the fuck is that bar? <laughs> 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 oh yeah. shit! I'm just kidding. I'm not, I got patience. I'm uh, yeah. Hollered your boy. I'm I'm waiting. But just remember the story I told before. I have bad luck, so time's a dickin'. Yeah, my hair is gonna fall out for the second time. <laughs> so Chadwick, and in case y'all didn't know, yeah, his full name's Chadwick. You recently had a miracle baby. How has fatherhood changed your life, bruv? It's dude, it's the best thing ever because I was never able to take care of myself properly. Like I always thought I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I'm not gonna eat McDonald's tomorrow. I'm fucking uh, Subway. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know. But uh it honestly it it changed my whole world like in a whole different level where it just like I don't know, it was like I was in Canada and all of a sudden I was in China. I was like, what the fuck? Like you gotta I don't know, just kinda improvise and like kinda go with it. But from the story earlier when I said that, yeah, and I had that cancer scare or whatever, uh, my girlfriend told me that she was pregnant. And the thing with that is like, when you hear those words, it's almost scarier than like getting the news that you're fucking going to die from cancer because it's like, you're like, you created another life and this is going to be in this world and you're mm-hmm. responsible for it. I'm like, Oh my, like I just kind of, I was never like a self-centered person. Like I always cared for everybody else. But at this point where it's like, I am fucked. I don't know what I'm going to do. I got to take care of two more people besides myself, which I don't know how to even take care of myself. And it, it was a really scary thing, but in an instant, I knew I had to be good where I, I was just like, okay, okay, fuck this. Like, like no more drinking. Uh, I'm going to get like an actual steady job. And like, and I did, uh, well, while my girlfriend was pregnant, I, uh, didn't fully quit drinking, but I mean, like, like, like I, like I was just trying to support her and like not drink for the five months as she was pregnant, but like she would let me go out the odd time and like mm-hmm. hang out with my friends or whatever. And like, yeah, I go to have some drinks. Like she would come too, but like, I wouldn't get crazy. I wouldn't get like loose ball or anything. And, but I still wanted to be responsible and like, it wasn't like, yeah, and then the next day I'm hungover all day. I can't do shit. It was like, I get up. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, wake up beside my lady and she's pregnant and I'm like rubbing her stomach and I'm like, holy fuck, we have life coming. Like this is insane. So I end up getting like one of the gnarliest jobs ever, like doing like shotcrete shoring, which is like the people that don't know what that job is. It's you might as well fucking go to hell and work. Like it's like, (laughs) (laughs) it was insane. Like our, my old foreman, like I called him Satan. It was like so shitty. That's something that I would have never done. Like if, if I wasn't having a baby or anything, like I still would have been, who knows, like something stupid and easy, but I did this to make money for us. Like as a family, uh, once my, my son was born, he was actually three months premature and like he almost died. Like he's a full miracle baby. My, my girlfriend, was not feeling him kicking or anything. And this is Christmas Eve morning where she got scared because like she, she just knew like, she's like, I'm not feeling him or anything. I'm kind of scared. And like, we were going to go to Monty's parents place for, uh, for Christmas dinner. So she was like, well, let's just go to the hospital, check whatever. And I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. We got time to kill. So we went there and I was like, okay, well I'm going to run out and like grab a couple of Christmas things before we go. And then did that came back and 
right when I got there, she's like, yeah, we should be leaving like 20 minutes. Like doctor's going to be here. And I'm like, awesome. So I texted Monty and I was like, okay, yeah, we're going to leave here in like 20 minutes. So we'll come pick you up and then we'll drive out to Abbotsford, go to your parents, whatever. Right when I pressed send, the doctor came in and she's like, she's like, okay, so we've seen some complications with your baby. The umbilical cords like wrapped around his neck. He's not breathing right. So we have to do um, like a C-section now. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking? I was like, she's only been pregnant for five months. Like what? And she's like, yeah. Like I was like, so like, we're going to do this like tonight or like, she's like, no, now 30 or no, no, sorry. It was like 25 minutes after she said that my baby was on the fucking table. Whereas like, I was like throwing on like that whole kit, everything. And like, we go in the operating room, like they have that fucking shit all around my girlfriend. And she, she just looks at me like pale as fuck. So scared. She's like, I can't feel my legs. I can't feel anything. And she's like getting shooken around from them trying to cut her open and stuff. And like, then we hear like my baby cry for like a second and he stops. And then they're like, okay, uh, uh, like, uh, I don't remember what they said, but they had to throw on the table and then they basically had to do like CPR because he was like dying. Yeah. And so they, they had to like resuscitate him like in front of us, like a mini baby that was five months old and that weighed less than like a pound and a half. And that was like, that was a really heart throbbing moment for us where we just like, I don't know. We, we, we could lose this life that we just created. And after that, okay, he was, he was fine. Like he was in the hospital for 106 days. He was an incubator, everything like that. He turned out to be like the best, healthiest, brightest baby in the world. And it has made me like the proudest person ever where it's like, I'm still the same person. Like I'm around like friends and everything. Like Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I like to joke around everything, but it's like when I'm around my son, I am honestly the happiest fucking person in the world because he just, he just gave me like a whole new life. Yeah. It's like, wow, I'm so insane. stoked. Yeah. So then that's the part like, <clears throat> so with crazy. my bad luck, he's yeah. fucking getting that now. <laughs> like, so he's, he's trying to show me up, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah, well I was born. This shit happened. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, I'm talking day one. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Holy shit. Yeah. Shout right. out to my lady though, because yeah. she's she's a fucking warrior. Congrats, man. Yeah, Chadwick still. Last question. What's next for Chad Dixon? What's next for Chad Dixon? Uh, I'm putting a pause on that for a second because I just want to clear one thing up for you Bunt listeners. Uh-oh. Okay, so Corey Shepard had his interview, which was the funniest fucking one I've ever heard. <laughs> he calls me out for not being able to play pool, which is fucking bullshit because I play pool better than I do skate. That's not, actually, yeah, that doesn't really say much, but I'd be like, <laughs> I, I, I played pool since I was five and Corey has beat me one time. Well, because he won a bet and I fucking choked and whatever, but he called me out in front of all you guys where I just <laughs> honestly thought about this for months, lost sleep, all this shit. Corey, I love you, but go fucking fall on the floor. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I will fucking whoop your ass anytime. So yeah, that's what's up with Chad Dixon. So what's <laughs> next is a rematch well, or yeah. uh, we going to have to videotape some. Corey's in town. We're actually going to try and go meet him if we can get there before oh. the last call. 
Right now? Tonight? Yeah, oh, Corey's shit. in town, yeah. Damn, well, yeah, we're going to meet Corey. If he's not all fucking wavy, wacky, inflatable too, man, I'm fucking, I'm taking him down. <laughs> or we can, like, fucking tape some strings to him and say if I can use him as, like, a marionette and fucking play for him. <laughs> All right, y'all, it's that time. You know what I'm saying? It's been a while since we've had a guest live in the studio. Yo, Chadwick, Nikki, <laughs> you ready to pop off some gunshots? It's rapid fire time, baby. I don't say fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get a shot of Jagger popping first to calm our nerves, eh? <laughs> All right, for this rapid fire, we got gunshots, Jagger shots. I'll it's going to be popping, dog. Let's get it. Hey. Let me take over this rapid fire segment, y'all. Hey, See if they ain't ready this week. Yo, cool your jets, Nigi. Hey, yo, favorite skater, Carlos <laughs> Ribeiro. What? Ribeiro? How do you say his name? Ribeiro? Isn't it with a B? Carlos Ribeiro? Yeah. Ribeiro. Ribeiro. Rib. Rib. Rib-, Rib- oh. Did you say Ribeiro? Just say it again. Carlos Ribeiro. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos Ribeiro. There's no ribby, it's just Ribeiro. Carlos Ribeiro. <laughs> no, there's no. No ribby, just Ribeiro, I think. Carlos Ribeiro. Favorite skater. Is that what he just That's asked? What, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens when we have guests oh, in studio. Yeah. Yeah, Say if I put that PR down. Beer dog. cans everywhere. Hey, hey, that Jaeger shot went straight to my head. Thank you. Oh, shit. Let me, let me wash it down with all, some PBR. All that Ribeiro talk. <laughs> uh, favorite video. Blind What If. Favorite video part? Corey Shepard, Blind What If. Favorite style? Carlos Ribeiro. Most talented skateboarder on the planet? Tiago Lemos. Favorite trick? Switch front shove. Hardest trick for you? Hard flip. Most illegal trick? Varial heels. What? Yeah, what? Well, I can't do them. They're fucking oh. retarded. Oh, okay, I okay. can't do front shove, so it's like, mind your own fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Kickflip down this grass gap in Abbotsford. It's like a really big one. I, I went there eight times, broke so many boards. Finally got it. Kind of sketchy, but I was I've never been so happy. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Uh, probably Spencer Hamilton. He switched backside flip the UBC twelve in like I don't know four or five tries, and just watching that. That's just a weird trick for me, and just watching him do it, it was unreal. Landing juice of choice. PBR baby. Worst bunt of your career. Oh, fuck. Probably trying to kickflip black ice. Hey, you've got so many, it's insane. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know where to start. What's the one trick that got away? Uh, this new 10-stair handrail in San Francisco. I tried to kickflip back, nose blunt it. And it was during the time when Chris Cole just like flipped back, nose blunt the handrail in the Zero video. And um, uh, other homie, like Dennis Durant, he did that one down that small rail. I was like fucking landing this like so much and then the cops came and kicked us out so pissed you would have had that pro board for zoo doug (sighs) (laughs) fucking red star would have been all over (laughs) guilty pleasure skater Corey duffel favorite local brand dime for sure favorite local skater brian weary favorite teammate ever max fine worst company new york worst trend yo those man buns worst style uh Chad Dixon, fucking early millennium. <laughs> Broken neck, fucking prick. Last person you want on the sesh. Will Blakely. Woo! 
Ooh. You know him? That's my boy, yo. Oh, shit. Gunshots. Oh, really? I thought Gunshots are blaze. <laughs> All right. So that's going to wrap up our interview with Chad Dixon. My man, thank you so much for coming by. One of my favorite ones for sure. Pleasure, man. Thank you so much. Say if we go to the gym, stop dry humping shit. <laughs> good to have my native brother in the building you know what i'm saying he's trife as fuck and we're wrapping this up you're never gonna see another part from him but we still love him you feel me god bless you bye thank you All right, y'all, it's time to get into the post office. Brought to you by our good friends at Time Bomb Trading. I just went and peeped Rogue One myself. Me and the ghost got front row seats. I was rocking my two Bacas. He had his Darth Vader's on. But you know one pair ain't enough for us. So we gonna head to our local skate shop, grab one of those box sets. I'm gonna go with Return of the Jedi. That includes the Luke Skywalker, the adorable Ewoks, and the Scout Trooper. I'm more of an Empire Strikes Back kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? I need them Luke Skywalkers, the Deadly Wampa, and the Snow Trooper. Keeping my feet extra toasty in these Canadian winters. Each sock is made from 200 needle count luxury cotton and features deep heel pockets, seamless toe closures, and athletic ribbing to keep your socks in place all day. Go grips you some Star Wars socks, baby. The only way. You've got mail. All right, first email coming in. You guys may recognize this name from last week. Coming for a little retribution. Jeffrey Kolominski, fantasy follow-up. Just wanted to say I burst out laughing when my email came up, especially hearing about how much research you do. Also wanted to say that even though I had an off week, I probably still finished with more points than you guys. Here's another question for you, this time skate-related. As a native Torontonian, I try to skate Dumbat a few times each summer when I have my time. I've noticed certain locals that seem to always be there, some sketchier than others. You guys seem to know what's going on in the Toronto scene. So who are the craziest locals at Dumbat? And what is the craziest stuff you've seen go down there? Cheers and happy holidays, Jeffrey. Dunbat is a pretty popular place in the summer. So uh, there's a long list of locals you may refer to as uh, a little crazy. One goes by the name of Sketchy Jesse. That man's always in the building. You know, you got your, you got the loud guys. You got Flocka. You got Cliff out there. Sterling's always in the building. Dave Sterling, Toronto legend. Say, can you think of a few? The Dunbat scene's all kinds of hectic. You feel me? But you know what I'm saying? Real ones. We don't get scared off like Duncan McNaughton. That nigga won't even show face around there anymore because it's too loose. We definitely love that spot. Ain't no crazies going to scare us away. You catch us there at least two, three times a week in the summer. You smell me? As far as some of the craziest stuff we've seen go down there, man, I feel like there's fights popping off left, right, and center these days. It's pretty much an average thing on a Friday or Saturday night. But, uh, fuck, anytime that white guy there with the Jamaican accent pops off, you know, it gets a little wild. This guy, this fucking crazy uh, lunatic, grabs uh, the top of a trash can off one of the bins, runs over to the street and throws it through a car window. The car happened to be one of our homies, uh, threw it through the car window and then all I see is the, the Toronto legend, Leela Shaz, full sprint over to this bum. The man filled him in and he deserved it. Yeah, before we move on, Jeffrey, yo, this man thinks he can step in fantasy. I'll catch you real quick next year in the bunt. Richard Matthews, 380 fucking yard TDs <laughs> on your face. Yeah, don't come around here asking for advice and try to act tough, Jeff. We're going to see you, bro. All right, moving on. 
Vesa Nissanen. Yeah, niggies. Longtime listener from season one all the way from Finland. Ooh, got them uh, air miles going, dog. Yeah, respect to Finland. Now that you've gotten all these American superstars, P-Rod, Beeble, Brian Anderson on your pod, can you step it back and get those underrated Canadians back in your interview booth? Hey, dog, we got you this week with the Chad Dixon interview of Sin. You smell me? Great timing. I definitely enjoy stories more from amateurs or ex-pros who have nothing to lose and can speak through their mind. A pro isn't going to bash their current sponsor or fellow pro in your pod, but an ex-pro probably have nothing to hold back and can tell you how the industry really is and have more juicy stories. I know those amateurs, ex-pros won't probably send you those boxes. Ha, is that it? Yo, agree with you 100%. Definitely love our guests who have nothing to lose. The Corey Shepherds of the world just... Popping shit off left, right, and center. Corey's your favorite one on it, eh? Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, the, the Canadian Ams who give no fucks as well. Got mad love. But, you know, sometimes you got to you gotta get some behind the scenes with some legends like Brian Anderson. Let the people know it's really good. But yeah, agreed. A lot of these Cali heads, be, you know, can't blame them. They're living off skate skateboarding, so they can't burn bridges or anything just for entertainment. So it is what it is. It's all love. It's all fun. We're going to get back into them amateurs. We're going to get back into them Canadian skate gods and uh, see what they got to say. Next up, we got an email from Ludovic Lalinga. This guy emails every week, man. I love it. Lude, a.k.a. Money Zhu, a.k.a. El Tawaju. Yash bless, boys. My roommate and I are huge NBA fans, and as sports fans tend to do, we got in a fairly heated discussion regarding a future Hall of Famer's legacy. What are your thoughts on Manu Ginobili? For all his accolades as a four-time NBA champ, two-time All-Star, sixth man of the year award, and his status as one of the most recognizable international players of our generation. Would you classify him as a top 10 shooting guard of all time? Well, I'm just gonna pass that one right along my boy safe sorry manu i ain't got you as a top 10 all time you feel me i mean i haven't been watching this game since the nba's inception but i know there's some old dogs the clyde drexlers of the world you got to throw some respect on the kobe's the jordans the ray allens they all come before ginobili unfortunately definitely got him in the hall of fame as you listed in your email all them accolades one of the best international players ever to grace an nba court but top 10 all time yeah, maybe top 15, maybe top 15, top 20. I don't even know. That's a hard question, Deggy. And uh, I got a, a second question here for uh, for Seifa. This one coming from me. Would uh, you consider Ludovic Lolinga the worst bowler you've ever seen in your life? Oh, 1,000% still. <laughs> Isn't he, I think he cracked 40 in his first game. <laughs> it took him another 10 frames to get to 50 in the second game trash ass naked sorry don't mean to uh, waste your time but it's actually a two-part question second part of the question being do you think that it was the fact that his pants were so tight it altered his game <laughs> we can't yeah. beat up on my dog we love you bro i thought his ass was gonna pop through those jeans every time he bent down you know Alright y'all, it's time for the rundown, the skateboard world source for sports. Sometimes I say the post office is my favorite segment, but I'm lying. Let's get it poppin', say. <laughs> Big week in the NFL, final week of the regular season, playoff seating on the line, all kinds of crazy shit. What really popped off this week? 
Week 17, something uh, Jerry Jones has been waiting a long time for. Dak Prescott, they rested him in the second half of their game. And our boy, Tony Romo, stepped in. They only gave him one drive because, you know, the man's about as brittle as my boy, the ghost. But you know what he did? The man had one incompletion. I think he went three for four, marched down the field, easy touchdown. It's going to create some controversy is all I got to say. I'm waiting for Jerry Jones presser today. Here, here. I can't wait for that presser as well. Jerry Jones, loose ball of sin. Never know what's going to come out of his mouth. The drama down there in Dallas is hilarious. Love it. <laughs> so what everyone was waiting for, the big game Sunday night, Aaron Rodgers versus Matt Stafford. Wasn't as exciting as we thought. Aaron Rodgers did his thing, threw his 40th touchdown pass of the year to take over the lead from Matt Ryan. So he led the league in touchdown passes. Now he gets uh, to walk right into uh, the playoffs after running the table like he predicted. Six straight wins to win the division. Man, he's the real deal. The bad man from Wisconsin. Yeah, I don't like that fool. I don't like his face still. What is the face of State Farm, bro? (laughs) Discount double something. Enough about week 17. Y'all don't even want to know. It was kind of boring still. Let's get into the playoffs, dog. So we talking our wild card round. Pops off next weekend. Two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. Something we going to do over here at the Bunt and keep track of. Me and Safe are going to predict every game from here until the Super Bowl. We're going to see who comes out on top. You smell me? I smell you. All right, game one. Smell like shit, nigga. Jesus Christ. First game we got the Dolphins and the Steelers. I know Save is going to go with the Dolphins here. He's got his, his love for Jay Ajahi. I'm definitely taking the Steelers. Big Ben, Antonio, and Lev. Easy money. Reg, you can't just throw me on the Dolphins train because I had Ajahi on my team. Obviously, I'm picking the Steelers. Is that a joke? All right, all right. So we both taking the Steelers. The killer bees. They coming for them friggin' trash-ass Dolphins with no quarterback. Sorry, Jack. <laughs> My cousin's a Dolphins fan. Poor bastard. Right, uh, next, the Lions, the Detroit Lions barely snuck in, but they made it pop. Congrats to them. They're taking on the Seahawks, yo. And you know what? I'm feeling crazy right now. I'm picking the Lions, Deggy. Russell Wilson and them boys, they ain't ready still. Too much controversy over there with their Richard Sherman bullshit. Yo. Lions all day. Golden Tate, 70-yard TD for the win. Well, D. Jones is out to an early lead because this one's going to be easy. No way they're going into Seattle and winning. The 12th man's going to have something to say about it. Russell Wilson's feeling nice and healthy. You know, they don't got a running back, but who needs it, man? Next matchup is the battle of the quarterbacks. We got the Oakland Raiders and uh, Matt McGloin, I think his name is. (laughs) We got the Houston Texans. They got. They had Tom Savage in. The guy got a concussion this week. So Brock Osweiler poked his head back out, and he's back in the starting lineup. I actually have no idea what is going to happen in this game, but I really don't think that Oakland can do it without Derek Carr. So I'm going with the Houston Texans and Brock Osweiler, baby. Brock Lobster. I hate to uh, pick the same thing as you, and I hate to go with Brock because he is so trash, but they do a good enough job hiding him on offense. That I think they get the job done. And I feel terrible for the Raiders. Killer season. Just got their hopes shattered with the Derek Carr broken leg. Texans it is. All right. Last game up. What we got? Your boy, OBJ, the man in blue. OBJ's whack as hell. We got the Giants versus the Packers. This shit's popping off in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is on absolute fire. I think Eli Manning's out of luck. You feel me? 
Mm, the thing with Eli Manning is you actually never know what you're going to fucking get. But uh, I have a hard time going against Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field. It's title town. Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb might be healthy, and my boy Ty Montgomery. I'm going Packers, baby. Oh, man. We can't all pick the same shit. We Fuck got it. One. We got one different. I'm going Eli Manning and his fluky ass. Did you switch your pick? Don't find. Oh, I don't want to pick all the same shit as you. Hi, right, baby. You taking the Giants? I guess I'm taking the Giants, yo. Rashad Jennings, let's get it. I'm going 4-0 this week, baby. Easy money. Sterling Shepard, popping. All right, enough about football. Time to slide over to the association. You know, shit's always popping in the NBA. Let's uh, try to keep you guys up to date. Something interesting that popped off this week. Rajon Rondo moved to the bench. Michael Carter-Williams takes his starting job. Something that uh, seemed like he was uh, way too okay with. Well... Saturday after getting, I think, his first did-not-play coach's decision of the year, Rondo had a meeting with the front office and uh, said he was open to a trade. Things aren't going well in Chicago. And to be honest, I don't know if they're ever going to go well for him again in the NBA. This man's one stop after the next, just causing bear shit. Uh, He's an off-the-court cancer, baby. Yeah, he's Rondo might be dust, man. His best days are behind him, and he can't seem to get along with any coach. Players still say, oh, he's the smartest point guard I've ever played with, blah, 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 blah. But if you can't, if you're getting suspended for conduct detrimental to the team, like you're getting suspended for yelling homophobic slurs at referees. Like, this dude is, I don't know, man. I used to love Rondo in Boston, averaged a triple double. Or just just a little bit shy of a triple double in the playoffs in Boston one year. Like man was looking like he was gonna be the next superstar point guard, get that super max deal towards ACL, and it's all been downhill since. You know your time has come when you lose your job to MCW. It's a sad day for Rondo. I know he's uh, he's asking for a trade, but where the hell are you gonna go, bro? Not only is he playing behind Michael Carter Williams, he's playing also behind Jerry and Grant. He's a third string point guard right now, so. Nick, if you're listening, <laughs> nice draft pick. <laughs> All right, moving along from a guy who uh, definitely doesn't help his team over to a guy who would be welcome on just about any team. James Harden had one of the most savage stat lines of the year. Nine threes, 53 points, 16 rebounds, and 17 dimes. Mixed it in with eight turnovers, but hey, no one's checking out that column. Man, how far can James Harden take these Houston Rockets? If they can stay healthy... The Rockets are no joke. They're still winning despite losing their starting center, Clint Capella. They're third place in the Western Conference, and I don't see them slowing down anytime soon, man. You throw you throw Harden at the point guard position, you put him next to a hard-nosed defender and Patrick Beverly, surround him with three-point shooters, and, you know, sky's the limit still. Definitely didn't see them popping this hard, but, you know, now, like, you watch them and you're like, it makes sense. I feel like that D'Antoni offense is easy on your body, so hopefully dudes like Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon, who are very injury-prone, can stay healthy just running three-point line to three-point line and uh, banging them from deep. Got Ariza banging them from deep. Beverly, Harden, the sophomore Sam Decker. They're a scary team, man, and they're not going to be an easy out, whoever they face in the playoffs. Uh, I could see them getting to the second round, and then anything can happen once they face one of those top teams. We've already seen them beat the Warriors this year. So if healthy, expect big things from uh, the Rockets come playoff time. I would love to see the Rockets and the Warriors in the playoffs. It'd be some high scoring right there. Three-point records will be shattered. 
All right, moving along. Something that's always debated. Who's the, who's the best point guard in the league? But we're going to narrow it down to the Eastern Conference right now. We feel like Kyle Lowry doesn't get enough respect putting on his name. In my opinion, I only put one man above Kyle Lowry. His name's Kyrie Irving. But man, yo, why, why are they disrespecting our boy like that? Not only do I have Lowry as the number one point guard in the Eastern Conference this year, uh, I think he's a much better defender than Kyrie Irving. I'm not denying that Kyrie is an absolute stud, especially on offense. You give him the ISO and it's almost a guaranteed bucket. Kemba Walker is going to be a first-time All-Star this year, so props to him. But I still think uh, Lowry's more important to his team, better player all around. Isaiah Thomas, same thing as Kyrie. You know, you got to hide him on defense, this tiny ass. Uh, Kyle Lowry's the real deal, man, and expect the Raptors to pay the fuck up this summer. Going to be smelling one of them like $200 million deals, and it'll be much deserved, even though don't want to jinx it, but... <clears throat> You know, he's 30, 31, five-year deal. He might not be worth it in those last, you know, two years. But if we don't pay him, someone else will. And if we if we lost Lowry, I think you really can appreciate how good he is if you picture the Raptors without Lowry. I don't want him. He ain't going nowhere. I don't want him. I ain't trying to do that. The good thing about Kyle Lowry, though, you were saying, he might tail off. But I think uh, he's in the best shape of his life. He's getting stronger and faster every year. He's losing those pounds. And the man laying off the uh, off the KFC. He's in the gym. Hopefully uh, another long playoff run. Hey, Lowry dropped 41 last night. Smashed my baby Lakers. Six threes, nine rebounds. <clears throat> the man's no joke. He's going to be a third-time All-Star this year. And honestly, you mentioned John Wall earlier. He ain't even in the conversation this year. I mean, individually, we know he's a talent, but his team's not even in the playoffs. Uh, I think Lowry is the number one point guard in the East, and I think he's number four in the whole NBA behind only Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, and Chris Paul. Yeah, I said it. I got him over Dame Dalla. All right. So, uh, Save is going to have to bow out for 60 seconds. It's time for everyone's second favorite segment, NHL Minute. Damn, it's been a hot minute since we've had this garbage minute. But, yeah, let me take a little snooze. Your boy is so dust. Close my eyes right now. <laughs> Yo, Are you actually getting comfy in the studio yeah, right listeners, now? <laughs> uh, try and have fun. I'm going to be snoozing. Enjoy this uh, talk about whatever the fuck Donald's got up his sleeve. All right. So like I mentioned earlier in the show, I was happy enough or uh, lucky enough to go to the Centennial Classic. I mean, the game was a little bit of a snoozer for the first two periods. I think the Leafs were just as hungover as I was. <laughs> Man, don't ever drink uh, cheap tequila. Let me tell you that. But, uh, man, what a show in the third period. Austin Matthews comes to life. It was nothing but rookies doing their thing. The magician Mitch Marner looking like David Blaine. Connor Brown, another hometown boy. But the show was stolen by Austin Matthews, 19-year-old phenom from Arizona. Scored his 20th goal in, I think, his 36th game. The man has been nothing short of outstanding in his rookie season. And I see the brightest future for this guy. Great two-way player. Has the size, has the speed, and we all know he has the skill. Earned himself a $200,000 bonus by potting that 20th goal, and it couldn't have come at a better time. We blew a three-goal lead in the third, but you know, when you're playing outside in the Centennial Classic, overtime, it ain't too bad when you come out on top. So I just want to say big thanks to Austin. You put on for TDOT on New Year's Day, and I see uh, plenty more of that to come.
Yo, say, you still with me? Yo, you there? God damn, I guess we're gonna have to wait for that, that alarm to hit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Scared, yo. We back? Yo, it's uh, the bunt season. Oh, <laughs> what part are we at? The rundown? <laughs> Do you know Not who bad. Austin Matthews is? You heard that name. Yeah, number one overall pick. Let's go, baby. Four goals in his first game. I've, uh, I've got you into football. It's just a matter of time before you're into the NHL. That's a joke if I've ever heard one. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up the rundown. And unfortunately, that's going to wrap up episode three. <laughs> Forgot for a second. All right, y'all. Catch you next week. Big thanks to Chad Dixon for coming on the show. Big thanks to Vans, the homies at Time Bomb. See y'all in a bit. It's PBR season, baby, with a splash of Jaeger. Hey, if they can stay healthy. (laughs) (coughs) It's a hungover Monday, bro.